1: Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you yet another episode dedicated to your Colorado avalanche. And just like yesterday, a lot to get to today, but we're going to start like we always do with getting to our social media. Follow the show, L O P N underscore avalanche. On Instagram and Facebook, just search for Locked Avalanche and send your Gmails in or emails or Yahoo mails or AOL mails or whatever mails to Avalanche at gmail.com. Um, and I'm kind of fig- figuring out this Google voice thing. I know some other shows have like a, uh, a dedicated phone line that you can call in and kind of just leave a voicemail. So, um, with the new year here, um, there's not going to be a show on January 1st, uh, maybe if I get some time, some free time, um, maybe I'll try to set that up so you guys have a avenue to leave a voicemail and shout at your phone, um, and maybe I'll play it online on, on a show, um, if you don't mind your rants being uh, released to the masses. So, uh, we'll get to that stuff if I can get it up and running, so... Other than that, how's everybody doing today? Um, Day off for the Avalanche. We are going to preview the Winnipeg game that is on Tuesday and kind of go more into what we were talking about yesterday. The Avalanche had a practice, uh, which, and I didn't mention it yesterday, it was the first practice that they've had in a while due to NHL regulations and the Christmas break and however it breaks down. The Avalanche have not had a team practice in about two weeks I don't want to use that as an excuse. Um, these guys are professionals. We're almost halfway through the season. Uh, you know, you should be kind of on a good trajectory right now and just everything is, should be flowing. But practices are good to shore up those things that are not going well. And power plays are one of those things. And, um, you know, that that's what you want to use the practice time for. And it seems like that's what they did. So we'll get to that. Um, kind of a first thing first I guess the all-star game is is what it is um some people don't really care if they're named an all-star I think ovechkin is sitting this one out um I don't know if there's is there penalties anymore if you you uh don't play the all-star game I know that was a, a rule before I, I don't I didn't think it got taken out but I think you know he, he doesn't really care if he has to pay a fine obviously he has more money than Probably the rest of his team combined. So players like that at that stage in his career, he doesn't, I mean, I'm sure he appreciates the honor, but, um, you know, a player like even Nathan McKinnon, you know, he's still early in his career. He's going to go to all of those all-star games that he gets um, awarded to, and he should. So last year, obviously, three of the avalanche went between the big three top line uh, with Nathan McKinnon being injured you better believe that he is going to be there this year. And he is a he was, you know, nominated a captain. So he has every reason to be there. Um, the last year, Gabe Landeskog was the voted in player. He's probably not going to make it this year. I don't think Rantanen's going to make it this year because of just the injuries. Well, they they released the rosters and they're not on it. So the 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 voted in player that's up for vote on the Avalanche is Cal McCarr. And I normally wouldn't do this, but I think you know we should all really go out there and vote for him. A young player like him, um, as young as he is, and being as dominant as he is, I think it's good to award him something like that. Yeah, he's probably going to get some awards <laughs> at the end of the season. Um, I'm sure he's got Rookie of the Year locked up. Um, that will be enough. But I think you know him playing in the All-Star Game at his age... Um, as young as he is, doing what he's doing, I think he's deserving of it. So if you want to see another Avalanche player in the All-Star game, and if he doesn't get in, it's just Nathan McKinnon, which sounds and seems crazy that as well as the team is doing overall, not recently, which we talked about yesterday, but they have 50 points and we're not halfway through the season, as well as the team is doing in the standings, if Nathan McKinnon's the only player that goes to the All-Star game, Does that not tell you what this team is doing as a whole? It's not like, you know, from top to bottom, everybody is just blowing things out of the water. It's a total team effort. And I think that shows in just one player in, you know, one of the greatest players in the world going, does it not? I think it does. So if you want to vote for him, voting opens on January 1st and closes January 10th. So just a quick 10 day vote. and I think he'll get in. I think he, you know, I think Avalanche Nation will, you know, hit the hit the ballot box, so to speak. And I think there's enough buzz around him for just kind of like your, you know, regular generic fan to know who he is, know what he's done, and vote him in. So go out there and vote for Kel uh, McCarr starting January 1st. All right, so... Like we said yesterday, um, what can the Avs do to kind of get back on track? I want to say offensively. It is offensively. It's you know it's top to bottom. They are scoring goals. They are putting a lot of goals on net. The last two games, forty plus shots on goal in each of those games. Um, it's it's the power play that's killing them, um, and it's it may be just some line fatigue. And at practice today, which I said is the first practice that they've had in a little while, they really worked on the power play, which makes all the sense in the world. It's pretty terrible right now. Um, they also changed up the lines, and we'll get to the lines in a second. But I want to play a quick clip of it goes from JT Confer to Miko Rantanen back to JT Confer, and they kind of just talked briefly about the things that they worked on. So uh, we'll play that comment on it, and then talk about the lines that they had uh, during their practice. Special teams especially is a place where we know we can improve, and uh, those are huge swings in the game, having that 5-3 last game, not capitalizing a few power play chances we like that back. So using the time to, to get the, the special teams right. We run some reps in the morning skate, but it's, it's a lot different in practice. So... So uh, we just tried to get our rhythm back a little bit and uh, move the puck and find some solutions. So we haven't had a lot of practice time in the last few weeks, so uh, make sure that you know, we're getting some power play, penalty kill work out there today. And I, I thought our focus was good, and uh, we got some good stuff done.
2: My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code,
0: PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: So, yeah, like they said, working on the power play, it's kind of a no-brainer that that needs to get worked on. But the thing that – kind of struck me, and maybe it shouldn't come as a surprise, they're not panicking. Uh, I know that we just heard from Comfer and Rantanen, but they're calm about it. They, they know the skill that they have. They know they're in a funk right now with their power play, and it just needs to get worked on. And from their point of view, we haven't had practices to work on it. So now that they have, and we'll see where it goes from there. Jared Bednar was also interviewed for a good amount of time and. I just pulled some quotes that he said, you know, he said, it's, it's really, really he's talking about the power play. It's really, really good in some areas and not so good in others. He didn't really expand on that. Um, but he said, we just haven't been dangerous enough on it. And that I agree with completely. Um, they, they have the talent. They're moving the puck. Well, they're possessing the puck for a good amount of time. They're getting a good shot on net. It's just, just not completed with, you know, being a goal. Uh, as the completion. It's just not coming to that um, ending for them. And I think it'll come. It's just like like we said with um, Valnichuskin in the, in the beginning of the season. Playing very, very well, just it wasn't going to the net for him. And now that's extrapolated to the entire team when it comes to the power play. So I think it'll get better. Um, we'll go into the Winnipeg game uh, the preview of it later and kind of see where they're at with their penalty kill. And um, I can't remember, what was the game that they just played where I, I kind of said on the air, maybe they'll, <coughs> excuse me, maybe they'll get back on track because they were playing, it was Minnesota. Um, they're not very good in the penalty kill and they went 0 for 3 against them. So um, at practice today, they did what we kind of hoped that they would do and shake up some lines. Now, these are just practice line combinations. Anything can, can, can happen for the Winnipeg game. But they switched some stuff up. So, first line was Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, and Jonas Donskoy, which is a little bit of a surprise for me. Uh, second line is Burkowski, Kadri, and Rantanen. Third line, chuskin Kamenev, and Calvert. Fourth line, Nieto, Jost, and Comfer. On your defense... Your first pairing is Zadorov and Girard. Second is Cole and Johnson. Third is Graves and Makar. And I have to think they've got Makar on the third uh, defensive unit just to kind of get him back into the swing of things because he's way too talented to be on the third line or the third defensive pairing uh, with Graves. Ian Cole has been playing fantastic. Um, Sam Girard has been struggling. Um, I would, there's going to be some shakeup there. Um, I just think Bednar is comfortable doing this for now and kind of getting Kael McCarr's legs back under him. But after this game, that's it. You know, we need, we can't keep doing this. Well, let's get them lit their legs for an extended amount of time. You got like three games and then we got to get back into the swing of things. I don't know how I feel about the Donskoy being on the first line. Um, what I would do, I, and this is, you know, this is me and this is me just being a fan. Obviously McKinnon's gonna be on your first line. I would keep Landeskog and Rantanen together. Um, I thought McKinnon and Burkowski played exceptionally well together. Um, and then who do you bring up from there? You know, that's that's the that's the difficult part. I still like that McKinnon, Burkovsky, and Calvert line. I just thought they played so well together. Um and and you you saw results from it, so put them back together. And then you would have Landeskog, uh, Rantanen. I know. And then if you put Kadri in that, then you got you know Landeskog and Kadri. Kadri would maybe move over to a winger. Um, and then you'd have Burkowski, nichuskin maybe Comfer on the third line. Um, and then come in of Nieto and Jost on a fourth line. That would be my pairing. Um, But I mean, I don't have a problem with this. I think in a perfect world, a Nieto, Jost, Comfer should be the most dominant fourth line in the league. And like I said yesterday, just the way Jost and Comfer have been playing, it's not working out for them. Comfer used to be a solid second line guy. Uh, You could rely on him. And I just don't know where it's gone for him. So it's kind of, he's been, he's, been demoted more or less to the fourth line. And so has Jost. Um, but if those guys can get things going, Nieto has been playing. He, he plays well. He's a solid, solid piece to this puzzle. And Jost and Confort can be too, but if they can turn it around, that, that, that fourth line, I would love to have that fourth line. Uh, and if they're performing well, all bets are off for me on that, 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 that they got to turn it around. <laughs> I'm just looking at those names and I'm like, they should be so much better than they are on that fourth line. But it's just for whatever reason, they're those two guys specifically seem to be in a, in a funk. So um, talked about the defense and then the goaltenders we talked about yesterday. um, I'm fine with either one going right now, I guess in for practice, Barbario and Belmar did not practice. So that's why you don't see them listed in those lines. You get those guys back especially Belmar, you know, and that only helps these line combinations. So that's why I say this is just practice. I'm sure he did just to see where they are with these lines and how they're gelling. We'll see what the final say is uh, at puck drop against Winnipeg. One thing that they also did do, and I think this is a decision you have to make. You're going to be pushing his, his limits, but he's up for the task. Um, from what I understand, Nathan McKinnon will be double-shifting power plays. Something's got to give. So uh, putting him out there for an extended amount of times on the power play, I'm sure he's more than happy with it because he'll be getting more scoring opportunities. But maybe it can kickstart two lines because that first line looks really, really good, um, just haven't been able to score. And then when that second line comes in, you can see the skill level drop off from that first line to the second line. First line, they are moving, and it's just like a well-oiled machine. And second line on the power play is just, we hope we get something on net. So getting him involved with two lines in the power play, it can only help. So they got to practice in. Let's see what we can do from there. All right, so a couple more things to get to before uh, we call it a day today. Um, Like we said last couple days, the, the first line... You know, from top to bottom, the the team is, is just struggling to to finish games. Um, it's not a struggle from puck drop till the the end buzzer. It's just they're struggling to to complete games. And I have my issues with ESPN and how they cover hockey, which is almost non existent. Um, but they do have a pretty interesting uh, category in there. If you go to whatever team and then check the schedule, and it's just the you know the the, the lists of scheduled games that they played and obviously games that have yet to be played. They have, um, you know, the date who they played, what the score was, um, the team's running, um, record who the goalie was. And then the very last column, they have a top performer. They don't say how they rate the top performer of each game, but I just thought it was interesting to look at some of these names so, if you go back to November 27th and November 29th, that was when they played um, Edmonton, shut them down, beat them four to one, and then they played Chicago. Um, that was the first of the back to back with Chicago, the home and home. It was the start of the, the six game winning streak, right? So, um, Nathan McKinnon was named top performer according to this column in the Edmonton game, and in the first game against Chicago. So after that, I just wanted to kind of give you guys an idea of how this, you know, the, this first line is struggling a little bit. So you got McKinnon on those two games. Okay. And then after that, you have, here. here's what this column says was the top performer in any said game of, of after those two, where they give McKinnon two games in a row, Edmonton first game against Chicago. Donskoy, Grubauer, Frantzos, Francos, Graves, Francos, Francos, Kadri, Frantzos, Grubauer, Calvert, Belmar, Calvert, Grubauer. No first line guy in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. The last 14 games according to this chart, which again, I don't know how they picked those names, but is it just the guy who scored the most points or, you know, they, they pick a goalie if, you know, I I don't know. I don't know if you want me to dive more into this, I will. But just looking at this at face value, that's 14 games in a row where your top line, which is supposed to be the top line, one of the top lines in the entire league doesn't have a quote top performer. Um, even, even on an ESPN graphic, I think that's bad. So is it, you know, an all be all stat, no, but it kind of gives you a just one of those little things that give you an idea of what's going on with this team. Um, and and the top line, yeah, struggling a little bit. Um, if they were winning all of these games, and and like I said, this was the beginning of that six game winning streak, so it's good to see that other team, other other teammates and other players on this team are contributing. Um, but I just feel like one of those those top three guys should be in that mix. Not all the time, but every few games, they're too good to to not be a top performer on your team for 14 straight games. I just don't I think that's kind of inexcusable for for that top line. So, it is what it is. We'll see maybe we can not get to 15 games. I don't want to make this a running theme, so, you know, oh, they 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 didn't make the top performer on the ESPN category again. It whatever. Um, but like I said, it just shows you maybe the struggles that the team is going through as a whole. Finally, uh, we'll get into the Winnipeg game. So, um, Winnipeg, let's see, their record right now, 21-15-3. That is good for 45 points. But they are struggling as of late. Uh, they're coming off three straight losses, uh, two of those in a back-to-back with St. Louis um and then lost to the canadians prior to that but their last 6 games they have one win and that's against minnesota so if you you know just looking at the eye test of their schedule uh they've kind of been in a funk lately uh so maybe they're catching winnipeg at a at a downturn but e- even having said that like i said they're 45 points so they're they're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination in terms of uh team stats Mark Scheifele leads them with 40 points, 17 goals, 23 assists. He leads them in all those categories. He also leads them in penalty minutes with 32. And Patrick Laine leads in the stat if you care about the plus-minus with a plus six. Uh, So you know they're they're still they can be dangerous. Obviously with with Scheifele and uh, Patrick Laine, who's right behind Scheifele with 37 points. Um, Kyle Connor's right there with 35. So they they have. Some playmakers, um, they just don't seem to be... They're having a year-long problem um, in terms of scoring goals. Uh, Unlike the Avalanche, who just currently are just kind of having problems on the power play. It's almost similar to what the Avalanche are going through. As far as goals for game, they're under three points per game. They're at uh, 2.97 points per game. i got to get my cat out of here because he wants to, again, join the show. Sorry. Um, (coughs) Sorry. Goals against, they're at uh, 2.95. So here's the interesting thing. I had, like I said earlier, today's show, and like I said, against uh, the Minnesota Wild, if they want to get going on the power play, it could have been against Minnesota, and they went over 3. You have to take advantage of the Winnipeg uh, power play when when Colorado's on the power play. Winnipeg is tied for dead last with Detroit at 72.3% in penalty killing. So here's your chance. You, you this this is set up for Colorado to succeed and get back on a power play juggernaut run um and it's it's right now. So can they do it? Now is the time. You and and Minnesota, you know they're they're not far. What's Minnesota? Seventy eight point one. <coughs> Excuse me. That's wow. That's six. You know, six percentage points lower than Minnesota. You have to take advantage of of what the Winnipeg penalty kill is like, which is not much. If you're tied with Detroit for dead last, exactly seventy two point three percent for both those teams. Here's your chance, Colorado. You worked on it all day in practice. Um, knowing full well that this team struggles in penalty killing. So here's your opportunity to take advantage of it. So we'll see if they can do that. Uh, we will summarize this game for Thursday's show. There will be no show on Wednesday because of the new year. So Happy New Year, everybody. Enjoy the Winnipeg game and like I said in yesterday's show, let's hope when the calendar turns this year we are taking off and flying high and not going the other way like we did last year, but that was last year, this is this year, new team Uh, everything is looking good, let's not panic and right now, this is I think a good time you're hitting this this Winnipeg team when they're down a little bit, but they're going to be fighting for their lives because they're they've lost their last three games, Uh, but Keep your foot on their throat and uh, score on that power play, and let's get to 52 points. So that's it for today, guys. Happy New Year, and here's Joby.
2: Go, Abs, go!